Hi everyone, welcome to your podcast for college Catholics. Tomorrow is the March for Life 2022 in Washington, D.C. Uh, so as a way to help college students understand more the importance of defending life in the womb and the life of the mother, um, and how to actually argue in favor for life, we will be talking today with Sean Carney about his most recent, recent book, What to Say When. Sean is the president and CEO of 40 Days for Life, which is a pro-life organization. In our previous episode last week, we spoke about how he got involved in the pro-life movement and what 40 Days for Life does. Sean began as a volunteer in the pro-life movement while still in college, and he has been instrumental in making 40 Days for Life grow nationally and internationally. He's a regular media spokesperson, and, he has, and his work has been featured on many media outlets, including... Fox News, USA Today, EWTN Radio, and many others. Sean lives in Texas with his wife and eight children. Among other books, Sean wrote What to Say When, The Complete New Guide to Discussing Abortion, which we will discuss today. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? It's great to have you with us, and thank you for joining us again. Uh, it's good to be back, Father. Thank you. How did your, your talk go or your uh, address go in the March for Life? It it went great. I was I was at the I guess the wussy uh, March for Life because I didn't go to the cold in in uh, in DC this year. I'm not going to go to that one. I'm I went to San Diego, and so wow. which Milos Christie's very familiar with. So you, I'm always fascinated with Milos Christie because you you guys put houses in Detroit. In San Diego, and I don't know is that part of the is that part of the San Ignatius Loyola approach to the desolation consolation? And yeah. so you're you're in desolation in Detroit and consolation in San Diego for right. For sure. Well, that's from a it's in yeah from a spirit from a human point of view from a spiritual point of view, <laughs> God sent us where He wanted. Really, it's totally providential. We were thinking about starting in Chicago, and we ended up in in Detroit. And the California one, uh, we started preaching retreats in 2004, and then it, it was a movement from some people that said, hey, you need to start here, uh, you have a University of San Diego, and we, we have been working in the University of San Diego, um, but it was them who kind of motioned the process, or moved the process, let's say, and spoke to the bishop, and then, of course, we, we, we had to do the rest, but it was providential, definitely. It uh, was, and you don't have to justify it to me. I think every priest <laughs> should live in San Diego at some point during their vocation. <laughs> Especially in winter, it's like really yeah, nice. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm really uh, happy that you shared this book with me, uh, What to Say When. Um, and I think it's very timely and very appropriate, actually, for college students. I know that some young people are very passionate, and they find it very easy to argue in favor of their convictions. Um, you know, however, not everybody, I remember myself, I was super shy and, uh, I always like, I'm not going to be able to talk about this or whatever. Um, so not everyone is prepared to do it well, or they don't feel confident that they could talk about these, uh, difficult, you know, controversial issues. So I think, um, that's, that's sometimes a setback and, uh, or, or on other occasions, they're too passionate on their presentation mm -hmm. to the detriment, right, of the truth and of the people they are addressing. So I think this book gives simple answers to typical questions and arguments in favor, uh, sorry, arguments against abortion, right? So why don't you give us a rundown of the plan of the book and what is your goal in writing it? 
Well, you hit on one thing, which is, you know, we don't always have kind of an argument problem. Uh, as pro-life people, we, we have a confidence problem. And now in our walk on eggshell, cancel culture, don't say anything about anything to anyone ever uh, mentality, we're even more timid, you know, when abortion comes up because it's, it's still the most controversial issue of our time, uh, thankfully. And so, you know, when it comes up, this book was was meant to be a, a tangible guide on what do you actually say when abortion comes up on every topic. And we we cover it all. Uh, we cover, uh, you know, traditional things like overpopulation, uh, abortion, right. health care, um, my body, my choice, rape and incest, um, in vitro fertilization, which uh, abortion advocates will bring up. Uh, we cover it all. We cover the 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 old school arguments and and the new bizarre arguments. Forced birth, which is if something you've never heard of before, you will. Wow. Forced birth is is a thing now. Um, Incredible. And so, our the first chapter, the title of the first chapter is "Go on Offense," um, because. We really, you know, we say defend life because that's just sort of part of our culture. But <laughs> we we actually don't need to defend life. We 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 don't do a lot of what we do in our culture, except with abortion. You know, we never like spend an hour and a half explaining why we're buying birthday cake for our 10 year old's birthday right. party. Everybody's <laughs> like, yeah, it's his birthday. Awesome. Right, I can't right, believe you're right, 10. Right. Like we're excited when you when you text out to your family that, you know, you're having a baby. Uh, nobody, you don't have some ridiculous uncle text you back and say, well, can you text me when you're 22 weeks along? Because that's when I believe the baby is viable enough to live outside of you. And I'll be really excited for them then. You know, it's nobody says that we don't, we don't act like this with the unborn when we want the baby. And we do a lot to protect unborn children. We do surgery on unborn children. We don't allow pregnant women to get on a roller coaster. We don't allow pregnant women to have 10 whiskeys at a bar. Uh, We legally protect the unborn and we're schizophrenic about it because at the very same time we can go and have a 25 week old abortion and, and everybody says, well, that's her right. And that's her freedom. So we're inconsistent. Uh, Not even asking the parents about it. That's correct. Some states in some states. And so you know, a, a country that is schizophrenic about who's worthy to live amongst us and who's not doesn't have to. We don't have to defend life. We we can ask basic questions. We can uh, have certain approaches that that work. And I think this is the only book that I've written that I can say is proven. I mean, this is these are conversations that I've had with Planned Parenthood workers. They're conversations with women who are going to have an abortion, boyfriend, politicians. Uh, People convert. People have a change of heart. We can't be cynical when we talk about abortion. We need to expect that the other person is going to to have a change of heart. And and one of the advantages that we put in this book is is when to go political, uh, because you can say, well, I'm pro-life. And somebody will say, you want to stick kids in cages on the border? And you're like, I don't even you know which border, what kids, you know? And so, you, you know, there's a way to navigate when you hear like ridiculous things. There's a great, you know, there's definitely a time to laugh and a time to sort of shoot, shoot an arrow and make a point. But, um, but we need to do so respectfully 
and listen to the other side and ask questions. And and most abortion supporters, this isn't condescending. They actually don't know what they're talking about. I mean, it it's amazing. I'll have somebody who really supports abortion. They find out what I do and they kind of go berserk and they go on a little rant. And they're not like angry, but they're roused up, you know? Right. And I'll say, well, what is an abortion? You know, <laughs> and when you ask somebody what is an abortion, they'll always say, it is a woman's right to have autonomy over her body and a right to privacy and the Constitution and blah, 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 blah. And you say, yeah, no, 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 I know all that. I know like the legal arguments and that it's legal. You can go have one, you know, it's a free country. Right. You can go have one. But like, what is it? Because, Father, when when your aunt or my aunt or we have a relative and Aunt Edna is going to get surgery on her gallbladder, the whole family knows every single detail of the surgery. I mean, whether we right. want to know it or not, they're like, and then they went into grandpa's heart and he had a 92% blockage and the doctor went in and I don't really like blood or anything. So I'm just kind of like, no, we're, we're going to put them in our family rosary. I don't need to know the details, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but you, you get all the details, right? Right, right, right. And, and you also get how many stents and everything. Yes. And how wonderful the doctor was and how he, how gentle he was. And, you know, you get all those details because we care about grandpa's heart and we care about Aunt right. Edna's gallbladder and we want to enhance life. You don't get that with abortion. You know, former abortionists, they'll say, I'm, it's not between a woman and her doctor. I don't, I don't know her name. She doesn't know mine. I'm not her doctor. I'm her abortionist. We don't want to know each other's names. Right. Think about has, that. Yep. And nor do you want any kind of detail of what the surgery entails. And so, you know, when we ask, you know, what is an abortion or, you know, you know, can we, is it, is it good that we abort? babies whose parents are poor. That's a big argument for abortion. And you'll hear Planned Parenthood say it, you know, anytime their rights are taken away, it's uh, uh, women in poverty, minority women will suffer because they won't have access to abortion. Is that a good thing? Is it is right. it good that we abort more black babies or Latino babies or poor babies? Is that is that what we want? It's you know, like and, it's like they need water and they need abortion. You know, yes. Put the they need food, water, and abortion. Yeah, and if your parents went to Harvard and they got married and they conceived you on their honeymoon in Paris, are you worth more than the kid right. whose parents are drug addicts? So um, this is this is what happens, right? When when we get away from the church and we get away from truth and we. We, we are so entrenched in, in the dictatorship of relativism, as Pope Benedict said, that we can do this, right? We can say, no, 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 no. That woman is going to have twins and it's a blessing from God and we're going to throw our baby shower. And this woman uh, doesn't have a job and she needs an abortion. And we can say these things in, in a sophisticated tone and go on about our business. And I, that's I why healthcare. healthcare and when you say something is healthcare, it's not. <laughs> so we we you've never had to give a sermon and say, you know, having your wisdom teeth removed is healthcare. Uh, go undergoing chemotherapy 
uh, you know, to fight cancer is healthcare. Right. Heart surgery is healthcare. It's it's everybody knows that. Um, and abortion has to be justified as as healthcare, although they don't want the same standard or regulation as other legitimate forms of healthcare. So, so in the book, we we take people through. We tell you what to say, what not to say, and at each at the end of each chapter. We have specific yep. things to say. And, like uh, and, ideas to keep in mind. That's really yes, good. Yes. And we wanted to make the book under 200 pages. So it's, it's a readable book. It's a manageable book. Um, it's not just overly academic, but it's, it's very well researched. There's over 100 citations. And uh, we, we use the other side's points uh, against them and, um, and, and give specific examples. So uh, we've, we've, we're very happy with it, uh, the way that the book turned out. Um, it's been an Amazon uh, number one new release. It was a number two Amazon bestseller when it was released. So the, the response has been very surprising, uh, very surprising, because just from the not just the 40 Days for Life people or the pro-lifers, but the world at large with the sales numbers we're hitting, uh, it was a book that people are worried about. It, it's coming up a lot. It's in the news a lot. And there's no book like it um, wow. that's up to date. So the response has been a a, a pleasant surprise. And, and it shows that that there's certainly a need for this right now. Yeah. So congratulations. I, I really love the book and how it is written. Um, above all, it's uh, simple, simple to read. Um, I also saw that it's very informational giving data and quotes and people on either side of the, the aisle, if you want, uh, in this sense of the abortion issue. And uh, it's scientifically backed. So there's scientific, uh, scientific information and data that can help the college students that they don't need to be looking around and researching so much. And, um, and the results of medical, uh, medical studies and so forth. So not only does one know how to articulate answers, but also you get to learn more information and to be more convicted about the truth. So uh, of the things that I read, I would like to highlight um, two things. One, how right at the start, you say it's important to have a prayerful attitude. So it's not about, um, you know, uh, picketing or uh, yelling at people and so forth, but on the contrary, to consider this is about uh, the battle for life will be above all, uh, one in, in your knees, right? Uh, he, you say in page six, as we enter in this book, know that this epic battle for life is ultimately won on our knees. Our prayers and fasting are our most powerful resources in this struggle. So that's awesome. And also the other one, the other attitude is to have love, right? To true charity, uh, love for, for uh, one another, for our neighbor, and uh, you explain how the witness of love uh, of the pro-life um, warriors, right, has been the most successful weapon, if you want to call it, uh, to attract even pro-abortion people to uh, this side uh, of the battle, right, to, to, to have a change of heart. And a second uh, area that I wanted to highlight that I think it's very useful is that uh, one of the arguments or, or things to say is that contraception, if you don't want abortion, well, let's encourage contraception. And re in reality, contraception is not the solution because um, there's many reasons, but, but typically, first of all, many contraceptives are abortifacient. 
And uh, so they cause an abortion uh, chemically or physically, but they, they cause a destruction of the human person, of the embryo that is there. And then the other thing is that typically contraception looks like it's not abortion, but the more contraceptives you promote, you promote actually an, a mentality of promiscuity. And when there's more promiscuity, there's more numbers of times that contraceptives will fail, and therefore there's more times of unwanted, quote-unquote, pregnancies, and therefore more dis- need for the abo- abortion as a plan B. So that's, how, that's why I always... Uh, we have to, at least from a practical point of view, you know, like how uh, in reality contraception does not help uh, the cause against abortion, right? Correct. Otherwise, essentially, we we would have no abortion because most of the world is contracepting, and so and so it, it the, you know the, the first point that you make about it, you know this is going to be one on our knees is to highlight that um, this isn't rocket science. We give way too much credibility to abortion advocates' arguments. Right. It's not worthy of credible. We need to give them respect and love, but their arguments are insane. <laughs> and we wouldn't tolerate them for any other injustice, whether it be the slave owners, whether it be Nazi law dehumanizing Jews. We wouldn't sit there with like a sophisticated tone and accept somebody else's, you know, arguments for killing a defenseless unborn baby. So, we don't need to give any credibility to their arguments. They're actually insane. There's there's nothing more unnatural than paying a physician to end the life of your own child. Right. Um, we've never done this before as, as mankind on the scale where we've dehumanized a segment of the population and supported it with 95% of the governments around the world. We've just never done that. And so when we have to know that their arguments are absolutely unacceptable, therefore we have to be we have to have a disposition to point that out. The intellectual part of being pro-life is easy. I mean, a five-year-old knows that we (laughs) protect the unborn. You don't have to go to Harvard Law uh, or or medical school to realize, you know, what abortion is, which means that it the the reason people have a change of heart is because of our our disposition and our our loving approach combined with the truth, the truth and love, uh, which is how we we open uh, the book with that great quote from Cardinal Ratzinger. So mm-hmm. it's it's uh, that's what we have to know going in. But your point about contraception is is so good because there's a lot of times, and particularly for we men, there's just so many moments when abortion comes up where we're expected to like bow our head in shame and walk off because we should have no voice. Um, right. And contraception is one of those issues where it it abortion is just simply the ultimate contraceptive, you know, um, that that we want to do this and we don't want kids. And the ultimate way uh, to have sex without babies is to actually kill the baby as a final resort. So they're not, the abortion industry has to separate them, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's like eating healthy and e- exercising versus, you know, cancer. And, and it, it's not that abortion is this cancer and contraception is this good that can prevent this really bad thing. And that's not what it is. Uh, they're, they're married at the hip. They, they have to be one led to another and one is the form of another. 
because abortion is simply, you know, the ultimate contraceptive. So um, you're right. Not only do many abortifacients cause, they are abortifacients, many contraceptives, they cause an abortion. They also create a very false sense of security that we would not do on other things. You right, know, if we right. thought there was a 19% chance that every plane would crash, we wouldn't fly. You know, we Absolutely. wouldn't fly. You know, um, 10% of people who smoke cigarettes get lung cancer. I mean, it's, it's only 10%. Most of us think it's like, you smoke cigarettes, you're going to get lung cancer and you're going to die. But it's only 10%. And look how many of us don't smoke cigarettes. Because right. you just think, oh, that's... That's not even worth it. That's 10%. But what is it like? Typically around 65% of women who are having an abortion are on the pill. They're on they, contraception. They don't work. Right. They don't they work. Don't it work. doesn't work. Um, and you can go through all these wonderful studies. There's one in Ghana. There's one in U- Uganda where they don't use contraceptives and their abortion rate just went, went down the tubes. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, it is a false sense of security, which is a dis- disservice to that person and that soul. Um, it also just doesn't work on a practical level. We could remove God or all of that, but you're just like, I don't want to get pregnant. And I want to have sex. That's not going to be the way to do it. it. It's just, that's not, they're not reliable. Um, and, and lastly, it's, it's that mentality um, that we, don't want children. The worst thing about abortion is is not that it's legal. It's not that the doctor is willing to do it as as barbaric as that is. It's it's that it's still done internally. It's done by mom and dad that we we don't it's not an issue of our intellect because we know that it's wrong and we have ultrasounds of our other babies on the refrigerator. But it's our will that we don't will this child. Right. That's, that's the wound that the church looks after. That's the wound we have to know is that they don't want the baby and they're, they're willing to get rid of him or her. That's where the true loss, I think, certainly to our Lord and our Lady is mm-hmm. that we, 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 don't, we don't will our own children. We don't want our own children. And that is completely unnatural. Right, absolutely. Yes, so, well, uh, that's why we have to continue praying and working for support each other and supporting 40 Days for Life. So, uh, Sean, what else would you like to say to any college student that is listening? Uh, You know, there's people all over the world listening, people in Australia, England, uh, Poland, Philippines, Japan, but mostly in America, of course, in the U.S. Um, And I I guess that it's all ages, but it's... this podcast is aimed toward college Catholics or young adult Catholics. So what would you, what would you add as a final suggestion? They'll use it more than anybody else. I mean, college professors, they, they have not heard these. I opened the book with an with a exchange that I had with a, with a college professor who was a geneticist. Um, it, it's, you will use it. You'll, you, your confidence will go through the roof after you read the first chapter, I, I promise you. And you'll, you'll put it to work and you'll put it to work on people that are, that ought to know better, <laughs> but who, who often don't. So it is designed definitely to be used on college campuses. It's a fun book. It's not just academic and boring. There's a lot oh, of, absolutely. of good Oh, absolutely. It's super examples. fun to read. It. Yeah. It's short. 
it is short. short. <laughs> we we made we, it's hard to do that on a book like that, but we wanted to make it short. It's to it's to be able to read and use, and the response has been great. So if you're in college, you're gonna have a lot of fun with it, and you'll have plenty of opportunities to to put it to work. And there's a life at stake. We have to say something. Eighty percent of women said they would never have had an abortion if somebody would have said something. So that was the motivation for writing the book. We have to say something. And there is some there is a life at stake when abortion comes up. And that's unlike any other modern issue in our culture. Right, right. And one uh, to add to that, uh, it is amazing how effective the recommendation of a peer is. Right. So if, if you hear of anyone who is thinking about abortion, even if it's remotely, you need to say something and your words are going to be super powerful. Uh, if they hear it from someone from outside on the radio, it doesn't have the same strength because this is this is a person close to you. This is a person, a friend. And that's where our arguments that come from the heart are the most effective. They really are. And you have a you have a powerful voice and the the person who the injustice is happening to literally can't talk and they have no voice but yours. They cannot defend themselves. And so we we have to say something and, and it really helps if you say something and you you know what to say. And so that's why we 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 wrote the book. Thank you very much, Sean. Uh, I wish you the very best in all the uh, positive that you're doing, although it's already going very well. Thanks be to God. Thank you for all the sacrifices that, that you and Marilisa and all your kids do, because having you work with all this, they support you and they're, they're heroes as well uh, to defend the unborn. So may God bless you abundantly. Thank so you. Thank it. you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being in this uh, episode and the previous one. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please. Keep Sean, his family, and 40 Days for Life apostolate in your prayers. Uh, if you want a copy of this book and you live within the United States, just send me an email and I will send you a copy for free until our supply here lasts. You only uh, will have to pay for shipping because we uh, have a vow of poverty, so we can't uh, pay for that too. Um, but if you have any questions about this or any other episode, don't hesitate to send me an email at info at fourcollegecatholics.org. Also, remember to go to the website of 40 Days for Life org and uh, visit it, uh, see the different things that they do, the great stories that they have. I will also leave in the um, show notes uh, links to different uh, videos where Sean appears uh, with um, certain personalities like um, Glenn Beck, Mike Huckabee, and uh, Father Mitch Pacwa and EWTN. So all those were, will be in the show notes. So, again, we'd love to hear from you. And if you can, leave a review on Apple Podcasts to encourage others to listen in as well. May God bless you, and we will see you next time.